it's time to stop confusing our social media community and start being a little bit more clear. What am I talking about? Find out in 30 seconds because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> okay, so actually that wasn't actually 30 seconds, but that was 15 seconds. But now we're going to get into it. Hey everyone, I'm Tom Pounder, and this is the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the podcast where ministers come to learn some cool tips and tricks and ideas on how to do ministry more effectively in a very digital and online world. A very fidgetal world. I gotta keep on just saying fidgetal because I keep on saying digital and online, but the reality is we're a fidgetal world, uh, and how to do ministry more effectively, that's what we're talking about today. And today we're specifically talking about our social media communities. See, our social media community can be really powerful, and how you engage with that community can be really important because sometimes our messaging to that community can get really confusing because you have a variety of different audiences that are in that community. You could have some people who are actively involved in your church or ministry and those who are not actively involved and they're just kind of checking it out. So how do you communicate effectively and how do you organize your social media and your other communication tools to effectively communicate to them so you're not confusing them? Well, that's why I brought my friend Adam McLaughlin back on the podcast, and he's going to talk about it because he did a blog post about how we're confusing our social media community. So what does that look like? How do we communicate effectively? That's what we're talking about today. So I'm really excited about today's podcast. So without any further ado, let's get into the interview right now. All right, with me right now is uh, my friend Adam McLaughlin. Adam, how are you? Tom, I'm doing so well. How are you today? I'm doing very well myself, you know. Uh, so, Adam, as I always like to find out, like, where are you today, actually, in the world? Yes, today we are in southern British Columbia, which is uh, just north of the Washington state border. Uh, okay. We're in Canada. Yeah. Uh, so we came back to Canada in March, uh, obviously, when this whole thing was going down and uh, they s- talked about closing the border. So we thought, oh, well, we should go back to Canada while we can, you know, we, we still have access to the border. And of course, they've never denied citizens access. And we thought it might be a six week or an eight week thing on the long end. Right. Everybody was talking about our two week plan to isolate the virus. And now it's been months so we are uh we're in southern british columbia and this is basically the only place in canada we can winter in a trailer uh so if we have to this is where we're staying until that border opens again so we can snowbird all right so you're still in canada do you are you glad you're in canada do you wish you could come back to america for a little bit what's your story there well canada's beautiful during the summer so okay. I don't have any concerns about being in Canada over the summer. Okay. However, we weren't expecting it to carry into the fall. <laughs> and the fact that we might be living in our 30-foot travel trailer while it snows in Canada is becoming a bit of a concern. <laughs> so uh, at this point in time, while I do love Canada, and Canada is beautiful during the summer, uh, we are ready to start heading south. Probably we're going to get really anxious late October into November. Okay, that's good. Now, will you head down towards Florida? Is that where you'll head down to? Uh, well, because we're on the West Coast, we'll probably stay west okay. this winter. Uh, we might start to travel east a bit in the spring. We really haven't figured that out. 
Um, you know, if we knew for sure we were going to be going south, then we would probably have, you know, a six or eight months plan planned out. For for listeners who don't know, my wife and I travel full time. So while it sounds like I'm I'm just homeless, uh, actually, <laughs> uh, my wife and I travel full time in our RV. So you know, again, if the border was open, typically we have a rough idea where we're heading about six to eight months out. And then we have a better idea about two to three months out. And then we have a more specific plan about two to three weeks out. Uh, But at this point in time, it's all kind of up in the air. So, you know, if we don't get to cross the border this winter, then uh, come spring, we'll start heading east back across Canada. Yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. Okay, so since you kind of led into it, I'm going to just continue to follow along with this thing about the RV. Um, you You don't just travel for fun. I mean, you actually do this you're doing this for a show it's called the yeah okay so talk to me about this okay and because this started last year right you were doing season one was last year uh season one aired uh in 2018 okay no 2019 i should say uh season two aired in may of 2020 and we weren't on season one or two we signed on uh to be on season three which will be on discovery channel in may of 2021 okay tell me Uh, tell us about this tell it about it well, I'm, I'm not sure what to tell you simply oh. because I don't know what to say about it <laughs> other than, because, you know, typically we do a lot of our filming, like we started filming, uh, we film in the fall, uh, and then they go to edit in December, January, uh, and then we start seeing finals in March and April, and then it airs in May. Um, so we're kind of hands off. We shoot a lot of the video ourselves. Uh, we do have a crew that comes out and does some interview stuff with us. But other than that, we shoot a lot of the videos. Like, you know, we take our kids to the beach or we go for a, a hike in the mountains and we shoot all that kind of video yeah. and then we just provide it to them and let the editors do their thing. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's an independent film production on discovery. Um, so it's six episodes in a season, which is, you know, shorter than you might yeah. typically think of a TV show. Uh, and there are four hosts or groups of hosts, families, basically, that are hosts. Uh, and so each of us gets two or three segments in the season. Um, but my wife and I are also the online hosts for the TV show. And so we are on YouTube doing YouTube videos about our travel behind the scenes from the show. So, That's cool. yeah, it's exciting, but it's been pretty busy. It's taking up a lot of our time. And you know, we were commenting before we hopped on. I haven't been blogging as much about church communications as I would love to. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's a balancing act. Yeah, no, it's definitely a balancing act. Uh, that is for sure. Okay, so that, what what do people look up um, to, to Google search you for? Is it the RVers, the RV family? What? Yeah, if you look on YouTube, just look for the RVers TV. You can track us down. Yeah, that'd be great. That that would be awesome. Okay, so now let's talk about church communications. Sure. <laughs> as much as I like to hear your adventures, um, you know, let's talk about that. Okay, you did a blog post a while back uh, that I saw, and I was like, you know what? I don't think we've talked about this ever, and so I thought it would be a good topic of conversation because I still think as, as much advancement as we've made in social media, we've still – I still feel like churches can get stuck uh, in it as mm-hmm. well. And so your blog post, and I'll have a link in it in the show notes, is entitled, Your Church's Social Media Strategy is Confusing Your Community. Okay? That's right. So to start us off with that, Adam, what, what, what is the purpose of this blog post? Well, I mean, originally when, 
social media first emerged, the question was, should my church be on social media or not? And thankfully, we're past that point, right? So churches realize that social media is a great tool uh, and a great opportunity to reach people in their community, to reach their members, to spread information, to spread hope, to share stories. Uh, But now the confusion isn't whether or not we should have social media channels, but a lot of confusion happens with what should we be posting on those social media channels. And uh, this is where the confusion comes into play with your community, because one day they see you posting about uh, an exciting outreach you're doing. And then the next day they see you saying, Mary's sick. Could somebody please fill in the nursery tomorrow? And so, uh, you know, the, the confusion comes when it's really you're not clear on who your audience is. So typically, I would recommend that on your external facing social media channels, your Facebook page, your Instagram, your TikTok, um, whatever those pieces of the puzzle are for you, we want to be focusing on or figuring out who is our audience on those channels. Yeah. Uh, and so, my recommendation or my take on this would be that those would be people who are not in your community. So while your church members probably like your Facebook page, the information you put on there should be or could be geared towards people who are not currently in your church so that it's shareable, so that it's interactive. So somebody considering visiting your church or watching online probably is going to go check you out on social media before they, they show up through your door. So Uh, I would recommend that those channels are external facing and you have to be aware that your audience is not people in your church. Yeah, I I think you're right. So you're what, what I hear you saying is that for like, let's take Facebook, for example, because it's a good example here when you have a Facebook page and that really should be communications towards your community, external communications. But if you want to do internal communications, like, Hey, so-and-so we need help on the, a kid zone this week, or um, we need someone helping running the tech booth this week. Can someone fill in? That could be placed in a, a Facebook group. Is that correct? Like, you yeah, create a Facebook group for that kind of communication. Yeah. So we have to distinguish between internal and external communication. So internal communication probably has multiple layers. Uh, one layer would be your staff. One layer might be your key leaders. One layer might be people who are generally part of your church is the membership uh, and then individual groups within there. So really the goal is to reach the right person with the right information at the right time. So for instance, if you need somebody to fill in in the nursery on Sunday, the best way to do that is to connect with people who already serve in your nursery. So do you have a Facebook group for your nursery workers? Do you have an email list for your nursery workers? Do you have a text message chain for your nursery workers? And that is the kind of the best way. So how can you get the right information to the right person at the right time? Posting on your Instagram page that says, hey, we're short on nursery workers this Sunday. Who can volunteer? When somebody then goes to your Instagram page or your Facebook page to check you out before they come to visit Sunday, they're going to be like, man, these people are desperate. Maybe I'm not bringing my kids this Sunday, or maybe I'll find a church that doesn't have to beg people to serve in the kids ministry. You're right. So your internal has to be different than your external. And I, you know, in, in light of business or in light of a corporation, you're not going to see Starbucks posting on their Facebook page. Just a reminder to all the staff that we have an online meeting on Monday. That 
you know what, to be honest, that's a really good example that you just used here because you're, you're 100% right. But yet in churches, we're like, Hey, we have uh, this or this meeting right now. It becomes a communication tool for all the internal people, but people who are trying to discover your church, that's not important to them and they don't care about it. Um, and so I think that's really interesting. So really, if you look at it from a Facebook page, your Instagram account, um, your Twitter account, they really do need to be externally focused and you have to use, devise different communication strategy to communicate to internally. Like again, Facebook groups are great ways that you can do that. I mean, I have Facebook groups for, for different Bible studies and whatnot, but you can use it for your church leaders and that kind of communication can really be used to build up community there. And therefore you're, you're nurturing them without neglecting and making people who are look, checking out your church feel weird. Right. And I, I wouldn't just narrow it down to all Facebook groups are, is a great tool, but so here's the thing you've probably, if, if people have heard us chat before, they've probably heard me talk about announcements and church announcements and yeah. church announcements for a long time was like the Holy grail of communication. It's like, if, if only I could get an announcement for the seventies and better skydiving married couples group and karaoke, we would have thousands of people show up. <laughs> And that's uh, just not the case. Uh, the announcements is not the holy grail. Really reaching people, the right people at the right time with the right information, that is the holy grail of communication. So that tool might be uh, your email list. It might be your text message list. It might be your Facebook groups. It might be a Facebook group specifically targeted to people who've already been to the 70s and better life group. You know, uh, so again, I would subdivide this, right? So it's not just an, well, this is for people who are members of the church. So I'm going to send an email blast to members of the church, you know, and I think the tipping point or the balancing point is often, well, what if I send this to somebody who's 20 and they recommend the seventies and better married skydiving and karaoke event to their grandma and their grandma comes. And that's kind of the challenge is like, okay, well, if we have a men's event and we tell the ladies and they'll tell their husbands and, you know, I see the logic there. However, we live in such a noisy world, you know, between what we see on social media and emails we get and how much spam I emptied out of my inbox this morning and all those things. You're much better to give people information that they need, the right person, the right information at the right time. Uh, rather than try and spray and pray with your communication strategy. Well, and I think that that's so uh, great point. You said right information to the right people at the right time. And so you really have to discover your purposes for using each social media tool or each communications tool. Like you said, internal communications could be through email, text message, Facebook groups, small group leaders, announcements. I mean, those are all great things to do that, uh, um, for your people. But again, your Facebook page, that's where I think like, again, I think Facebook did us a benefit to be honest, when they minimize the value of Facebook pages, it really caused us to refocus how we use Facebook. And now right. it really is, it's gotta be geared towards external, external. Yes. You want to encourage the believers who are on your Facebook page. Yes. You want to make them laugh. Yes. You want to, but your focus really needs to be towards those uh, the people who are checking out your church for maybe the first time. 
Did you hear me on that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I think that for your groups, the the value, again, is not just having a single Facebook group for your church membership, yeah. but have a Facebook group for each of the groups that already exist in your church. So a Facebook group for your worship team, a Facebook group for your kids, a Facebook group for your uh, you know, golfing life group and a Facebook group for your families with teenagers and a Facebook group for your media team. And then that way you're, you can really subdivide the information you're giving to those specific groups and they will likely share with people that they know. So for instance, if you had a youth event and you needed a permission form, we all know you don't ask the teenagers to get the permission form filled out because it won't happen. You need to ask the parents to get the permission form filled out, right? So that's a great time to go into a small group, you know, of parents of teenagers and, and remind them, hey, you know, that permission form really needs to happen this week. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Facebook groups is a really good tool. And the more you can subdivide them, the more you can create a specific audience, the better. Well, yeah, and I agree with you because also it doesn't have to be overwhelming to the church communicator, the director, or the social media manager. You really, you branch that off to give it to the student ministry director. You can say, listen, here's your, I mean, you need a group for this. Here's your group. You run with it, and it provides a connecting point for them. Same with the children's ministry person or the tech team lead. They're in charge of the group, not the social media manager. So again, you, you've got that branched out and you don't have to worry about that communication as much as you are some of the other stuff as well. So let, let yeah, me Yeah, and the, the oh, benefit ahead. to a group over a page. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Well, the benefit, to the, gr the benefit to the group over the page is that when you run a page, you have to create all the content. When you moderate a group, different people within the group can always be creating content. Yeah. So different people in the group could say, hey, my kid just grew out of these shoes. Does anybody need them? Or different people in the group said, hey, we're going to do, you know, we're going to go meet at Perkins for breakfast on Saturday morning. Whoever wants to come just show up at eight. Yeah. So the cool thing is, even though you're handing the responsibility to somebody else, um, they need to create conversation, but they don't need to drive the whole group once it gets going and people get comfortable with interacting within that group. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So, okay, so let me ask you this. So th this kind of communication where you're sharing content, sharing information on a Facebook page is really kind of, okay, you can do it in a variety of different ways. You can do a video, you can do text, you can do images. What about sharing that content like on something that's highly video oriented, like YouTube? Like how, how do you differentiate, like do you have to be sharing as much content or, or whatnot externally or how do you choose to share what you're sharing on YouTube as opposed to what you're sharing on Facebook where you have a lot of different ways to do that? Yeah, so I would treat YouTube as a very external facing mechanism. So things that you're going to broadcast on YouTube are going to be outward facing. Uh, and I would say with YouTube that the value of YouTube is it acts like a hub for your video. So when you broadcast on YouTube or you upload a video to YouTube, you can now use that to post a link to your Facebook page, post a link to your Facebook group. 
post a link on your Twitter channel, post a link in an email newsletter that goes out, post a link on your website. And so, you know, YouTube kind of acts as this hub. Uh, and then the other value to YouTube is things are really searchable and people search on YouTube. Like the other day I had to fix something on my RV. So I went on YouTube and I, I Googled how, or well, I Googled, how do you fix this? And of course there's a YouTube result that came up, right? Yeah. Google's the number one search engine in the world. YouTube's number two and YouTube's owned by Google. Yes. So of course they're going to push YouTube content to the top of the, the pile. Right. Yeah. So things like if you were going to do, um, you know, a promotion for an upcoming business breakfast, then YouTube might be a great place to put that promotional video because it's going to be searchable, right? So you want to make sure in your title, you're putting the name of your city and the name of your area and the date. Yeah. Um, but after that breakfast is over, you want to take that video down because you don't want mm. people searching that later. But the great thing now that that's live, let's say it's a three minute video. Well, you can't post a three minute video directly to Twitter, but you could post a link to the YouTube video, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you might post that video directly to Facebook as well, but you can't post it directly to Instagram because Instagram has a 60 second time limit on the, the story. So now you might post an image in the description. You say link in bio. Now in your bio, you link to the YouTube video. So YouTube kind of acts like a hub. Um, you know, the other thing is you could embed the YouTube video on your website. And uh, that means that your website doesn't have to hold the video file and slow down its loading. It simply pulls it from YouTube. So uh, I think that's a great place to act as a hub. And I would put external communications on YouTube unless you're going to, you know, set the video to uh, unlisted so it's not searchable. And then you send that link out if you have an internal communication. Yeah, that's great. This is, a, this is great information. Again, I think we just have to be reminded of this kind of stuff time and time again, because again, the old way of using Facebook where it's just this massive dump is gone. You, you shouldn't be using it as a massive dump of information. You really have to be targeted so you can increase engagement with new people and the new people searching for a church can find that. Use your internal communications in a lot of the different ways. You don't have to dump it on Facebook pages anymore. So I think this is uh, fantastic and it will be less confusing as your blog post says. <laughs> so. So, well, Adam, this is awesome. Any final thoughts as we wrap up about external and internal communications? Well, I think that those three pieces, when we talk about the right information at the right time to the right audience, I think it's pretty easy to figure out, at least with a mindset shift, who the right audience is. I think it's, you know, fairly simple to straight out what the right time is. You know, two weeks leading up to an event is great for sign up. You know, you don't want to be promoting an event the day before the event if you had to sign up last Saturday. But one of the things that I think people miss is the right information. And so let me just touch on that piece of the puzzle. So the right information is typically enough to get people interested so that they click, right? This is the essence of clickbait. You might see, <laughs> uh, you know, a 10 paragraph blog post on a news source but they don't give you the 10 paragraphs, even though they feel it's valuable for you to have all that information or they wouldn't have included it in the blog post. Instead, they try to give you enough information to get you to click. And so I would recommend for churches that we are giving tidbits of information with uh, like a find out more link or read more or click here for full details. 
rather than trying to embed every single piece of information about an event. So for instance, um, let's say you have a, an online worship night coming up. You don't want to say, here's our set list and here's who's singing and here's who's playing drums and sister so-and-so is going to be on tambourine and, <laughs> and all those things. It's just not valuable information. But what about let us know you'll be worshiping with us Friday. Click here to register. And then you can show an image or a video clip or something. So the right information is usually a small chunk of information with get more, inf get more details. Yes. So the right information, the right time, and the right audience and your communication strategy will be way more effective. I promise. And if not, my email is Tom at ymsidekick.com. You can send all your complaints to me. Ah, that's very funny. Good one there. Um, I wish you got it wrong so I could say, yes, put it there, but then you got it right. So that was good. Um, no, this, this is fantastic because, um, Again, you want them to click more. You, I mean, you, we call it clickbait, and clickbait has such a negative connotation towards it, but you want to do it. It's a call to action. You want to take, get them to take that next step, and if it's going to your website, or going to, and they'll be able to discover more when they're able to click that link. So it's, that's right. The right amount of information is, is perfect. So love it. So, all right, Adam, well, seriously, if people want to connect with you, how do they do that? Where, where is where is the, the connecting points? Well, the best way to get a hold of me is to go to my blog, all about church communications, adammclaughlin.net. And then all of my social media links are there. And, and this blog post and all my more recent blog posts are there as well. And my older blog post, which is still valuable content, I hope. Yes. So uh, adammclaughlin.net is the best, best place to track me down. There's a contact form. Uh, otherwise my social media links and come hang out and you've got some podcast stuff on there too i mean so you got some great interviews so i do i uh yeah i took a break from my podcast uh when all the covid stuff went down so uh quick summary on that i pre-recorded all of my podcasts for 2020 in november and december of 2019 because this was a great idea. I was stationary for a month at my parents' house. I could record all my podcast interviews. I can release them all through 2020. It'll be great, valuable content for churches. And then COVID hits and people are talking about like, you know, meeting in person and having barbecues and having conferences <laughs> together and all these things. And it just threw a wrench into the mix. So yeah. I am going to re-release a lot of that content the rest of this year with a caveat that I recorded it before COVID. Yeah. And uh, I think the principles are still valuable and people are going to find a lot of value there. My podcast is Church Marketing Ideas. Yeah. You, I mean, we call it evergreen content. Your, your content is evergreen. I, again, I, I discovered a blog post about yours a while back too. Again, I was like, when did you write this? And you're like a while ago. I'm like, <laughs> I just discovered it. It's great. And so it is, your content is uh, very, very good. Uh, so definitely check it out. And he is on social media. Um, so you want to do that. I've got all his links and connecting points there as well. So Adam, as always, it's great having you on. Stay safe. Be careful. Don't get eaten by bears. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Tom, for having me. 
All right, so there you have it, my conversation with Adam. He is just a great resource. I know he's doing this RV show right now and doing some other stuff, but he he's actively involved in the ministry world. He's been on church staffs, and he's uh, been speaking at different conferences as well. So he's got a ton of great resources So and knowledge. So if uh, you haven't checked out his stuff, definitely go to the show notes and click on all his links. Uh, and find him on social media. He's uh, very active there, so that's really cool. But I would love to hear your thoughts on this. What what do you do in your social media communities so that you are very clear and succinct uh, and you're not confusing people? Uh, there's lots of things that you can be doing. We talked about a few different things that Adam would recommend, but I would love to hear from you. So definitely go on Twitter right now and hit me up, at TA Pounder is where you can find me. and Just share your thoughts on me uh, with me. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on that. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Next week, we've got a Digital and 5 show coming at you, so definitely uh, subscribe to the YM Sidekick Podcast and the Digital and 5 show, and you can find all those links and whatnot in the show notes. Um, we would love for you to connect there. But you can also go to ymsidekick.com. There I've got all those links. I've got information about Digital Bootcamp Facebook group, uh, which is an encouragement for all ministers to learn digital tools to help us expand our reach. You can find that, again, at ymsidekick.com. All right, heroes, well, I hope you have a great rest of the day, a great rest of the week, and I'll talk to you soon.